Thank you for joining us for the Elevation Podcast, hosted by the Colorado PGA. My name is Holly Champion, and I'm the section's Education and Membership Director. In this episode, we talk with one of our section partners, Director of Golf Ian Crick from Stracaline. Stracaline is a company who specializes in green reading technology, greens guides, and yardage books. Using their laser technology, they create accurate green guides, which can be used for competitive play. Their system also provides hole location software and other tools for golf operators, which can save tons of time while taking the guesswork out of daily course and event preparation. Co-hosting this episode with me is the Colorado PGA's very own tournament director, Scott Minta. Scott has used the Stracoline system for section events and brings a unique user perspective. Please enjoy this episode of the Elevation Podcast. Well, Ian, thanks for joining us for this episode of the Elevation Podcast. Um, why don't you just kick us off and tell us a little bit about your golf journey and how you came to be part of Stracoline? Yeah, thanks for having me, Holly. Um, so my golf journey started as a junior in Santa Barbara. I played competitive golf as a kid. Played a bunch of other sports, too. Um, kind of really got excited about golf once I got into the high school age range. Played competitively in high school on a great team. It was really, really fun. Went on to play a little bit at the junior college in Santa Barbara. And then from there, worked at a really nice facility in the Santa Barbara area. Went through the PGA apprenticeship program and became a PGA member there. From there, came down to take a head professional role in the San Diego area here. and Bounced to another facility. And that's how I met the owner of Stracoline. It's actually kind of a funny story how I transitioned into this role. So I've been at the club where he's a member for a little while, and I was on the first tee starting them out for the men's club championship. And Jim Straka, the owner of the course, love, or excuse me, the owner of the company, loves to play different games when he's on the course, loves to gamble. He's a really fun guy to play with. And he walks down the first tee about 10 minutes before his tee time, and I ask him, like, all right, Straka, who do you have games with? What's going on? And he's like, oh, I got 20 with him. I got, you know, I got a game with him. I got a game with him. I got a game with this guy. You want some action? I was like, yeah, let's do something. And he was like, all right, we have to have odds. I was like, okay, how about we do this? If you win your flight, I'll take you out to a steak dinner. If you don't win your flight, you take me out and we get a burger and a beer. And he was like, done, perfect. So he goes on not to win his flight. We go out, we get a burger and a beer. And at our conversation, he's asking me about how things are going at the club and how things are going in my social life. And I kind of confided in him that I was looking to make a move and I had just gotten an offer to be a sales rep from a different company. Um, and he was like, wait, wait, what's it like? What's the offer like? I want to see, I want to see the offer. And, and started talking to me about the position. And I didn't even think twice about coming to work here. It was more just like a friend kind of like, Hey, what's the offer? Like, let me take a look at it. He looks at the offer and then he's like, well, why don't you come by my office on Monday and we'll talk. And I still didn't really put two and two together. I was kind of dense. So we leave that meeting I, or that dinner. I come in for a meeting on Monday here in the office and he basically rolls out how he thinks I'd be a great fit here and how the opportunity here would be great. And he basically kicked that other offers, but and it was one of those things where it was like everything, just all my ducks in, went in a row. And it was like an offer that I couldn't refuse. So that's kind of how I transitioned out of the green grass role. And that kind of, in a nutshell, is what I miss most about green grass. I miss those relationships. I miss having your member roll down to the first tee and having this 
funny interaction with them and then going to dinner with them or playing golf with them or going on a golf trip. Um, but all, all in all, where I'm at right now is amazing. Uh, I've got pretty standard operating hours when it comes to work. It's like nine to five pretty much every week. My wife loves it. And with us expecting two twins or twins, um, at the end of this month, I'm really, really excited. Awesome. Yeah. You never know when that like key connection is going to come out of the woodwork. Mm -hmm. It's just like your dream job come true kind of thing. Yeah. And that, and that's the great thing about our industry in the golf world. It's so relationship based and, and that's why I'm so fortunate to still be in that golf world and still be able to keep my PGA membership, be able to talk to pros, be able to work with facilities, work with section officials like you got, you know, that's my favorite part about golf. And then also playing golf and really creating relationships on the golf course as well. So I'm very, very fortunate that my journey has gotten me to a more, what I'm going to describe as sustainable place away from green grass, um, but still involved with the game. Yeah. I kind of feel the same way about my position at the section. I've been with the section now for a little over seven years and it's a perfect balance between my love for golf and my love for family time. So it works. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's super important. We talked about it when I was up for the, um, pro official and the summer meeting in the Colorado section, having that work-life balance is, is so important. You have to have. Yeah. The nine to five hours are a little better than your, uh, member guest, maybe 4am to 10pm type of hours. Oh yeah. When I was down here and I had a hip professional role, it was an hour commute. And then I was probably putting in around 60 a week. Yeah. So I was gone for basically 70 hours every week. I was gone. And my wife was like, what is going on? And that prompted me to make another move and do some other things. But it, yeah, it's, it, it's hard. And I have a lot of empathy for, for your green grass warriors that are out there trying to do everything they can to not only promote the game and make members happy and then go home and try to make their family happy, which is more important than either the membership or their students or any, anyone else. I mean, families are the most important thing. Um, so let's kind of dive into Stracaline. Tell us a little bit about the technology behind it. I know it's for things like green mapping and um, yardage books and, and things like that, but kind of tell us a little bit about what you guys do at Stracaline. Yeah, so the company was started by a father-son team in 2007. And it kind of started out as a story goes as a, a friend of Jim's after Jim had retired from a previous career was not a great putter and he wanted to figure out how he could help people read greens better. And he went down this rabbit hole of, Hey, how can I create a tool that will help people read greens better? And from there he went out to buy a laser. I don't know. Obviously they can't see behind me on the podcast, but I've got a picture of one of the lasers right behind me in my office. Uh, it was a Faro laser and they went out and created these three dimensional maps on greens that would help people get an idea of what slope is like. And then the company evolved from there. Um, he is a friend of a PGA tour player who was at the same club that he was at kind of snowball from there, got some more exposure to that PGA tour player. And then for quite a few years, they were supplying books to the PGA tour. And that was kind of the, the staple of their business. They were giving books to tour players, really high-end product. As it's evolved and we've been more efficient in the way we collect data, 
on golf courses, we've been able to now produce that same level of information to the public. And it's taken it from extremely high price point to now what I believe is a very conservative price point at right around $40 a book. And you can have that same super detailed greens mapping that was only available at one stage to 12 professionals. And then on top of the books that we offer, which you touched on with the greens map, we also have an aerial view of each green and we'll have yardages to integral features, maybe bunkers, penalty areas, you know, certain things on that hole. And we can create these really cool looking books that are a great tea prize for a member guest, or they're a fun thing to, to give to your buddies if you're going on a golf trip, or if you haven't seen a facility before, they're really, really helpful. And then the other arm of our business is our software. And that software is really geared towards event operations teams. So Scott's been using it in a section, what we call our event software, and it helps him select whole locations and basically to set up before events. And then we have a fully automated process that's called our facility whole location software, where it will select whole locations for a golf course on a daily basis based on parameters that are set forth by the superintendent. So for example, if you wanted to cut whole locations on no more than let's say like a 4% slope, you want 15 whole locations per green. You want all of your whole locations to be at least nine feet from the edge. They'll never be within 10 feet of each other. And you won't have more than let's say six difficult pins out of your rotation. We'll put all those inputs into the software and it's gonna basically pop out the shotgun spread around the green that fits all those parameters. And then it'll create a calendar that rotates all those whole locations for the facility which make it really straightforward and easy for the golf shop and then the superintendent to communicate. And then the byproduct is when members show up to the facility, they have an extremely detailed tour level location sheet available to them every time they play. And it really changes the perception of not only the golf operations, but then also your maintenance staff and your superintendent. And it is, I don't want to say easy way to level up because as we all know, nothing in this industry is easy. There pitfalls around every corner, but it's another way that you can add value to your membership and hopefully separate your club or your golf course from a competitor just because every player, when they get there, instantly sees those whole location sheets and they know, wow, this is, this is a top level facility. Very cool. As someone who really likes the latest technology, I'm kind of geeking out about the fact that it could automate the entire pin system. Um, and Scott, I'd love to hear from you on that because as someone who has worked at Greengrass before and has been responsible for doing pin sheets in the mornings before everybody plays and has also been on the uh, receiving end of feedback when those pin sheets are not 100% accurate, that sounds like a dream. <laughs> so, Scott, how has it been for you kind of using some of that software? Well, the event software for me has been... Um, fantastic to be honest um there's a bunch of different features um obviously that they're known for their greens maps and everything but there is a a feature called the range feature which basically you can map out every single hole and yardages and you're almost being able to see hey if i have my pros playing from X T box, I can say, okay, they're going to hit their drives into this general area and they're going to have a about 140, 150 yards into the green. Okay. That can tell me that they're probably going to hit wedges, nine irons into this green. So 
maybe my whole location can be a little bit more on the difficult side as opposed to one that they might be hitting a four or five or a six iron into the hole. So um, it has been fantastic for me to where I can be in the comfort of my, of my home. I can be at the office and I can be just on my computer almost working ahead and mapping out kind of the whole locations that I might want to use, the T yardages that I might want to use for my upcoming events. So that like, for instance, this morning um, when I went out and um, not sure when this was, this podcast is going to air, but um, tomorrow, the, the 14th of June, we have a stroke play event event out at Murphy Creek. And it was super beneficial for me to be able to plan out the whole locations and yardages so that it made my site visit that much shorter. I was only at the golf course for for two hours today. And that was because I had to paint penalty areas as well. So it would have cut down on my time at the facility and having to spend time on the green. And hey, that might be a good whole location. That might be a good one to where I already have three or four picked out on my sheet that I already know are really good from using the software. Um, and when you look at the software on the greens, there's different colors based on how much slope is on those different sections of the greens. So if you want to make sure that everything is super easy, the little light blue section, you find those on the greens and you're going to have very, very tame hole locations. Now it'll go then to light green and darker green and then light red and dark red. Um, the more slope you get on certain, uh, on certain greens, but it's super beneficial um, in being able to plan out kind of your tournament and your course setup before you even step foot um, uh, on site for, for that event. I like being able to time manage a lot of that. I know in helping you guys do tournament setup before, um, you know, you could spend, you could spend it all day at, uh, at, at a facility trying to get set up for one of our championships or something, having to pull tape on each green, having to step it off, having to bring a level out, check the, check the grade and, and slope of every green, every whole location. But that software sounds like it's amazing for anybody who's really running events or running a facility. It could save you just a ton of time. Mm-hmm. So that's really cool. With all the parameters and all basically the kind of filters that you could put into the automated system and then boom, it, it does your whole locations. It probably saves the, the PGA professional staff a lot of time. It'll save your maintenance staff a lot of time. Holy smokes. I mean, heck even the event software, it's just saving me a lot of time and, um, I'm able to basically just say, hey, here's the whole locations for the week and give them to the PGA Pro instead of relying on the PGA Pro to do the whole locations for me. Because for a lot of my events, I don't have the means to get out to the golf course beforehand. So being able to see the greens, see the golf course, albeit on my computer screen, but with the data that Stracoline provides, um, it's almost like I'm standing in the middle of the fairway or standing on the green at the facility. And that was the one thing that in tournament prep to me, I mean, I shouldn't say that it annoyed me, but we were always so efficient when the super and I would jump in a cart and we would go around and we'd pick all the cases before. (laughs) So invariably it happened in the afternoon because the super is busy getting his crew going in the morning. So we're trying to jump in between play. We're standing on the side of greens. We're trying, we're trying not to affect play. And then players are like, oh, hey, what are you guys doing? You know, 
they're coming over to talk to us. They want to talk to us. They're they're oh, yeah. these are the two stakeholders at the club that they probably want to talk to more than anyone ever. You got the golf pro and the super there, and they're all golfers. They want to talk to both of us, right? So, a process that we could either jump in an office and do remotely, jump on a screen share and do it at home if we mm-hmm. wanted to. So many different things where again we support that PGA professional being efficient with their time, super as well. I don't want to say just the pro, super as well, being efficient with their time setting home locations so they can spend more time at home. Go back to what, to me, is getting completely lost in the shuffle in so many different clubs. Oh, everything has to be perfect. It's all on them. It's all on them to do this. If we create a system that supports them and helps them become more efficient, and then I don't remember if you... Remember seeing I had those 10 steps for tournament locations for that presentation I did at TPC in Colorado. Yep. If you create policy and procedure that assists them, so the super and the pro are on the same page, they'll go through these 10 steps. And I'm happy to share it to any of the members if anyone want them. 10 steps, hey, this is how you prepare for an event. This is how you set whole locations. And if you run through those 10 steps every single time, I'm not going to say you'll never have a problem with whole locations, but you will avoid that tournament that I'm sure you guys have been involved with because I know I have, where food and beverage was on point. Everything was great. Outside service was totally prepared. Every cart was clean. Everything looked good. The maintenance staff, the golf course was in really, really good condition. Everything went great, but the whole location on five was cut somewhere where it shouldn't have been. And everyone in the bar is complaining about the whole location on five. And no one is in there talking about how great the food was at lunch, how fun the golf course played, how the other 17 holes were perfect. They're all in there chirping about that whole location on five and talking about how unfair it was. And they're all just squawk, 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 squawk. And then as the pro, as the super, as the GM, anyone at the course, you feel defeated because there was one tiny error and that's all anyone wants to talk about. And hopefully with this software and having more data at their fingertips, we can avoid that, right? The other thing I hope this software can do for people is, okay, Scott's the one in there squawking in the bar. And this is a very, this is a knife edge to walk as a professional, but I feel like if you have data to back you up, you can maybe walk this knife edge a little bit better. I could go to Scott and say, hey, Scott, I know you didn't like that whole location on five, but it's cut on a 2.1% slope. Our green speeds are 11 right now on the stint meter. That is well within what the USGA recommends as an acceptable whole location. I understand that you maybe don't find it appropriate, but I'm only following the USGA's guidelines. And then if we can have that backstop of, I've got data about the whole location. I've got a recommendation from the PGA of America. We've followed the data and that recommendation. I'm sorry, Scott. But, you know, what else you what else you want us to do? And, yeah. and not to say that you should go out and argue with members, because that's not what I'm trying to insinuate. But it gives you that opportunity where, to where you can actually have a rebuttal to those naysayers yeah. that is completely based in fact. And it's not yes. subjective. It's not. I know that whole location is good because I went out there and I, I set that whole location. Yeah. Right. That argument's not going to get anywhere. If mm-hmm. you come back to them and say, hey, that whole location was cut on a 2.1% slope or, or come, come to them with data and then have it supported with what the USGA recommends. Yeah. I personally would love that situation because you really look again, like you're prepared as a professional. Hey, our superintendent knows what he's doing. 
We yeah. know what we're doing. We select these whole locations using as much information as possible. This isn't just the superintendent. It was hung over this morning and he picked, he picked hard locations, right? <laughs> We've all heard that. And that's like one of the most annoying things ever. Or, oh, the super must be, must be mad this morning. It's like... No, the super's not mad. The yeah. greens might be faster than they've been for the last week, and they yeah. cut in the same location they did last week, and now the greens are just a little bit faster. Mm-hmm. And that's one thing I didn't touch on, is that automated software that we have actually can take the green speeds into account. So it's one of the inputs that you put in there as you're going through. Okay, out of my 15 whole locations that it has spread across the screen, I'm going to change our stint we're extremely fast. Now I'm going to change our stint meter reading up to 13. It will pause all the whole locations that are on too high of a slope based upon a graph that the USGA recommends. So again, it's just backstops for not only your super, but your pro and then all the way up to the GM. Cause the last thing the GM wants to do is get a call about a whole location when he's trying to run the member guest, you know, and it hopefully with having all this information at the pro's fingertips at a super fingertips, it'll make them more efficient. And then in those moments of adversity, they can actually have facts back in them up. Yeah. They can, they can almost educate those members. I would say 99% of members or golfers probably don't understand those numbers or those parameters that are used with whole location. So if you mention that to them, oh, I didn't even know that the USGA has parameters or guidelines for whole locations. And then you're educating them and then you educate that one person and then he knows 8 million people at the club and he has a bunch of friends and then they all get educated. And then it almost is a trickle down effect to where um, you you don't really have to to mention that to too many more people. And then they kind of understand the process, if you will, of, of how whole locations get picked. Yeah, and then hopefully all it takes is you having a conversation with one member who comes in and questions whole locations. And then yep. he basically tells everyone, oh, well, I went in there and questioned Scott. And Scott, Scott's on it. Uh, and I, I, don't, I don't think we need to question whole locations again. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's really cool. Kind of back to the other side of your of your operation of your business for the yardage books. So this has kind of been a hot button topic in golf recently with the conversation around slow play. Can we talk about yardage books and how they affect pace of play for just a little bit? I'm curious what your thoughts are on on what that does for pace of play. Yeah. So in my opinion and the way that I use the book, I believe that not only the yardage portion but the greens mapping what we call our greens guides can actually increase the pace of play. So I'm sure you all have been to a men's guest day or worked at men's guest day where you have people who aren't familiar with a golf course and they're, they have a host that's with them. What ends up happening on far too many occasions, the guests will call the host over to come read their pot for them. And then that leads to Scott's our host at whatever course we're at. Scott's reading four putts on every single green. And then all of a sudden play has just grinded to a halt as opposed to us having the opportunity to give that player who hasn't seen the golf course a book before something to affirm, hopefully what he initially sees when he reads those greens, it can actually speed up pace of play. And that's where I see a little bit of the preconceived notion of what our product is about and what our product can do to be incorrect. Cause I personally feel like, especially for myself, when I go to a facility that I don't know and I'm playing in tournaments, Having a book is going to speed me up. 
it's going to have me not only be able to view that book while I'm on the green, I'm also going to be able to know what those slopes are like when I'm hitting approach shots. If I know that whole location is on top of a tier or below a tier, it's a huge advantage. And being able to have as much data as we can at our fingertips causes us to play better golf and causes us to play shorter rounds. That is, in my opinion, period point blank. And, and that's one thing that I have heard uh, working with a company is some people's hesitation about the books and maybe they don't quite understand how that can help pick up pace of play. Um, but once you talk to them about it and you inform the playing group on how to use the books, it, it really is beneficial. I could definitely see that. I, as somebody who played a lot of new courses in college and, and high school and things, you play multiple round events. You're always a little slower on the first day while everybody's still getting used to the facility, right? If you weren't able to play a practice round or whatever the case may be, you're always just kind of taking your time, taking everything in, um, reading the green from a couple different angles, especially. So that's, I could see that as being a real resource for, for people who are guests. Um, and playing facilities new all the time. So that's really cool. Exactly. Or let's say a junior who maybe isn't lucky enough to go to a facility days in advance and play a practice round. Maybe that isn't economically feasible to them as opposed to paying for that practice round and doing all those kind of things or employing a local caddy. They can buy a book for $40 that will give them a lot of that information. And then they can also, depending upon the facility, do a lot of their work at home. So they can pregame, they can see exactly what the golf course is going to be. Hey, I know I'm going to hit X, X club on X hole. And then it, it can really, really be advantageous for them to get an idea of what the golf course is like before they get out there. Yeah, they can almost play their practice round through the yardage book without even being on site of the facility and kind of right. map out how they want to play their round. Um, yep. and, it, and it only costs them 40 bucks as opposed to, hey, gas to drive. 30 minutes uh, to the golf course and then pay the $80 green fee for a practice round. And so you're right. It can be economically feasible for, for certain families, uh, juniors, and even regular players as well. Yeah. It's, it's definitely been an, incre an incredibly popular tool for all college golf. We have basically 600 teams that, that oh, use our books. Wow. Yeah. It's, it's incredible. It's a huge arm of our business and it's something that I take a lot of kind of pride from because I remember what it was like when I played college golf and when we would go to golf courses that I hadn't seen before and we didn't have books. We didn't have anything like this. Um, and I just think about how helpful that would be. Yeah. And especially for me, I just played junior college golf. If I was able to maybe play a little better and then get a scholarship somewhere else and, and who knows what that road would have been, could have been like. Um, but it's definitely Rewarding seeing us give back to not only college, but then junior golf as well. So kind of expanding on some of that um, as a benefit for players, you know, juniors or college level that are traveling a lot. What's your, what's your database of courses look like? How many courses do you have? And if you don't have a property on file, what's the process to get them on? So our database is growing exponentially right now. Um, we have roughly 15,000 golf courses that have complete greens and yardage books. And then we have roughly 30,000 golf courses where we just have the yardage alone. So for us, 
we can use satellite imagery to create the yardage portion of our book. Satellite imagery is not anywhere near high enough resolution for us to create the greens mapping. Some of our competitors will use satellite data, but for us, it's not, doesn't reach our parameters. So we can create pretty much any yardage book from satellite. If we want to have greens information, it depends on where you are and if we were able to collect that data. Um, but it's growing. So if there is a golf course where greens data is not available online, we have um, an online chat that you can go into and you can request that information. Depending upon where it is in the nation, we may be able to fulfill that request. For us, it kind of depends. So if it's an extremely rural area, we probably won't have that information available. And for us, it, it, it's a little expensive for us to come out and scan golf courses just to have them in our database. So for PGA members and, and PGA um, professionals at courses who are interested in bringing them in into inventory, we would be happy to come out and, and scan golf courses if it's something you wanted to bring into inventory in your golf shop. For us to do it just for one online order, we probably won't be able to, but it, our data sources are, are kind of changing and we're, we're getting data from different places. So it's all kind of evolving as technology drastically improves in our space. Do you do many of these for things like charity outings or, or uh, I guess, employee appreciation outings? I'm thinking like the Monday outing business. Absolutely. So uh, one of the things that we've done, we have a bulk ordering program. So let's say at a facility, they wanted to order a thousand books. They can lock in that price point at a thousand books. They'd have to purchase all thousand up front. Then they can print them as needed. So, okay, we want to allocate out of our thousand, we're going to allocate 200 books for our men's invitational. Then the next 200 books are going to be for our ladies invitational. The next 200 books will be for stock. And then we're going to have leftover. We're going to have another 400 books. Every Monday we have events. So we're going to have the Lexus Bishop come out once. We're going to have different groups come out. Every one of those shipments can have totally independent logos, totally different insert pages. In essence, each one is an order in and of itself. And we're locked in at that low price point when we've purchased a thousand books. And then we're just whittling down basically our allotment of a thousand books. And that's how you can push that price point down. And then not only to your point earlier, Holly, have a lower price point, you don't have to manage that inventory. Because I, I know, I don't know about you guys, but I don't want to be the poor guy who's got to count the thousand books on the first of every month for inventory. Mm -hmm. And then once you have quantities that are that large, we all know from working green grass, they walk away. They, they, they do, you know, I don't, I don't care. I don't, I don't, I'm not trying to insinuate that people are stealing, but there are moments where things don't always get accounted for. If you only have, 50 on hand at a time and you order because 50 is our minimum order you order 50 at a time the likelihood of you not being able to maintain that inventory level at 50 books is exponentially lower than a thousand it it is it's just so much easier to manage that level of book as opposed to manage that thousand that are in that are in the storage room in the back that someone forgets about and then we order more and then all of a sudden we've got 1500 when we don't need them Sure. Yeah. As somebody who used to do inventory, that was like the bane of my existence. Um, and I can't tell you how many times I've heard that. Oh my gosh. I'm so sorry. I thought they were free. Oh yeah. 
So I know that. Know that sticker that says it's fifteen dollars. That's how much it costs. <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah. absolutely, absolutely no negativity to courses who give them away for free. Obviously, mm-hmm. that's your your priority or your prerogative, and can do all of that. But if you charge for a yardage book, that's you got to charge for it. Yeah, so. and, and it's reflective of the the product of the or excuse me, the quality of the product that's put forward. Yeah. Um, I I've heard it a million times. I'm sure you guys have too. You get what you pay for. When you get something for free, you're getting what you pay for. Yeah, you might not be theoretically giving or getting the yardage book for free. I'm sure they're building that cost into the green fee or the guest fee or member dues or something like that. It's free. Free is usually not free and if it's something that has some sort of value to it. So 100%. Absolutely. If I'm a PGA professional at a facility and I want to have my golf course and all of its specs in your database, what should I do? You can reach out to me. Um, I'm happy to talk to you about those different things. And one thing that is really unique about our relationships with PGA members and facilities is once, let's say Holly was a head professional at a facility. Once Holly decided she wanted to bring our books in the inventory item in her golf shop, we would no longer sell those books online. So all of the sales of that book would be filtered straight through Holly's golf shop. So that's really important to me um, in my former mind, or I shouldn't say former mind, but the, my skewed viewpoint on everything in the golf world is from that side of the counter. And hey, as opposed to selling books to all these juniors that are coming out to the AJJ event that I'm hosting, I want to be able to have my facility share in that profit from that book if I choose to. Some facilities that we reach out to, hey, don't worry about it. Sell them online. You know, keep doing your thing. Other facilities, hey, we want to come out, scan that golf course, have that golf course available for sale in that golf shop. So anytime I went online to search for the facility that Holly's the professional at, I would receive an error message that came up when I tried to purchase the book that said, books are available in the golf shop with Holly's number. And it would push me to reach out to Holly to say, hey, do you have one in inventory? You know, I'd love to come out and do this. We do have software as well. So if you wanted to have that software application, if you did purchase our software, the one that Scott was referring to earlier, then you would have online access to it. But the hard copy of the book, when we create a partnership with the facility, that hard copy is only sold at the facility. Gotcha. Okay. And... excuse me and if i don't want to stock my own yardage books right if i don't want to take up counter space or if it's just one less thing to have an inventory do you guys you know can you guys handle that that part of sales for us absolutely so what we could do in, in that situation is we can do two main things we could either have it just as our normal option where people will go online and search for it, or we can create an affiliate partnership with that facility and that professional where we would create a special promotional code for that facility, for that teaching professional. They could promote books for us. It would push all of their clients to our webpage. Their clients would would get a 20% discount when they do that, and they would also generate a 20% commission for themselves. So this is the lane that I talk to about most of my dedicated instructors in the PGA that want to do something with us, this is kind of their lane. 
I've got all these juniors that go and play all these different events. They're not just playing at my facility. How can I get books in their hands and give them all of the tools that they need to play as well as they can or high level, high level amateurs that they teach, whoever could be across the board. Another misconception about these books is they're only for high level players. It's not necessarily the case. It could be for any level player. Um, but we would create an affiliate partnership program. So Scott's uh, an instructor at a facility. I create a promo code for Scott. Any of his players, they put that promo code in online and it'll 20% off their, whatever their basket total is. And then Scott re- received a commission on that as well. So we have two different ways where those PGA com- professionals can basically work with us, whether it's just promotion of our books and, and with that affiliate program or bringing those books into inventory items in their golf shop. It sounds like a great way to involve the PGA professional from either a, like you said, head professional director of golf perspective or somebody who's an instructor that just works with a lot of players. That's, that's a really cool way to, way to work with PGA professionals. So good stuff. Um, and I, I had the opportunity to kind of talk with you pre-recording for this episode a little bit, and you showed me something that I thought was like one of the coolest things. And I'd like you to talk a little bit about that too. And that's the, like a special edition yardage book for say your men's member guest or championship tournaments, things like that. Can you expand a little bit on what those look like and just honestly, how cool they would be as a giveaway that is also functional? Cause I think, as somebody who used to buy for events and kind of still looks at, you know, tournament prizes, tea gifts, things like that, something that's not only useful, but memorable is getting a little bit harder to find. Like, I don't know how many times or how many more head covers I can stick in my bag. You can kind of, you know, if you're listening, you can't see it, but I've got a crap ton of head covers that are memorable. that don't even get a place in my bag because you get so many of them. So I think this is a really cool gift and has a lot of potential. Can you just kind of talk to us a little bit about that? I, I couldn't agree more. I know every time I went to the PGA show before this role, there were two big items that I had to check off. Tea prizes for my big events and then the actual trophies themselves. Besides that at the PGA show, I was just kind of having fun. And it's so important and finding something that's useful and memorable to your point is virtually impossible. How many shirts do we need? How many, you know, the great thing about these books is we can personalize them and we can add information in those books that we want to communicate to the playing group, but have always struggled to do so when we hand them a standard packet for the event. Cause I don't know about your experience. My experience is that packet was in the back of the carts. It was blowing down the first fairway. They were in the trash can. No one read the schedule events. No one knew the format. No one knew the local rules. No one knew any of those things because they were in a piece of basically, or they were communicated in a, a stapled together packet, a uh, printer paper that we would give to them. And they just saw no value in it. So they throw it in the back. What we can do with our yardage books is, pretty much completely customize that first section of the book to include all that information. So on that front page, let's say it was, you know, your men's invitation or your ladies invitation, and we can have a completely custom cover with a beautiful photograph of your course, men's invitational 2023, your logo, and really get it to look unique and great for your facility. On the subsequent pages, it could have schedule of events. It could have past champions. It could have, basically anything you want in there. The only thing that we 
I don't recommend is player info because we all know with events, it changes. But what we can do to circumvent that is put a QR code in there. And that QR code can push those players to your Golf Genius portal or whatever software that you're using to run your event. So then they can view flight information, tee times, things like that. Um, having this information in a small, good-looking book where they walk to the first tee or they walk to the check-in or wherever you're going to communicate with them first and hand them their book, it has all that information in them, then hopefully you'll get maybe half the eyeballs to actually read the format and the rule sheet. Because in my experience, you would get maybe 10% at the most. And the more we can put that in front of them, hopefully that will alleviate the, hey, what time is the stag dinner on Wednesday? Hey, what, you know, what, what, what are we doing for this? Oh, wait, we're do, are we doing a horse race? Wait, is it five, nine hole matches? Are we playing stroke? What, what, are we, what are we playing? If we give it all to them when they check in, hopefully, and their eyes are going to be drawn to the book immediately especially depending on what your cover looks like. If you create, and I know Scott saw a couple of them when I was at, at the session. Well, if you create a really cool looking cover and you can put anything you want in there, it's going to draw eyeballs and people are going to flip through that book immediately. Yep. <laughs> and I feel like it is a keepsake to the point where even if you did it for your men's invitational one year, if you did it the next year, that's fine. Because then you can have that keepsake to look back. Hey, it's maybe got a different cover. We put a different photo on the front or we change something. And then it'll be that memory thing where, hey, I know, I remember 2023, I invited Scott to my member guest. And then that yardage book, as opposed to it being something that's just like, oh, I can reuse last year's. It's like, well, actually, that was kind of fun. I, I remember. And then I scan my QR code and it pushes me straight back to that thing. And I can look back all over how we did and me and Scott were awful, you know, or me and Scott won the member guests and I want, I want to keep this book forever. Right. So it makes it a unique gift. That's not only usable. And we also um, are lucky enough to put, bring that price point down pretty drastically when people want to bring it in for like a tea gift for items. Cause that's our long-term goal is to have this be a yearly thing. So every year for the men's invitational ladies, invitational men's member, member, we, we have a book and that's why we'll bring our price point down drastically for that special event price. Yeah, that's, this that. is, this is something that I'm looking forward to for our section championship is being able to provide everybody that is, excuse me, playing at river Valley ranch, the kind of custom book, like Ian mentioned and have past champions in there and a QR code and schedule events and kind of just, everything about the section championship and what makes that event special and having it in a, in a custom yardage book for all the players is, is going to be super cool. And I think something that everybody is going to love um, and that I think everybody would love it at the facility for the ladies men's invitational or member guest or whatever event you're looking at doing something like this for, I think you'd get a lot of really good feedback from the, from the players in the event. Another thing that's kind of, again, I view a lot of my world from the other side of the counter. Another thing that's really got my wheels turning recently is the opportunity to have that a PGA professional would have to sell advertising in our books as well. So let's say Scott is at a unique facility where maybe they don't have the means to purchase yardage books. And this needs to be something that is brought down to a really low price point. As long as it's not a competitor of ours, we would be happy to put a page for maybe let's say like the Lexus dealership in your area or 
Bob's Plumbing in your area, if they wanted to buy out pages in the book and create a way for you to offset that price so then you can still have margins that assist you in the golf shop and bring that book to a price point that's kind of that sweet spot for your playing group, we are absolutely open to putting any kind of advertising in there if you'd like. Well, what a great way to partner within your own market, right? And be able to to do a lot of different things with sponsorship to cover those costs. So it's, you know, could be possibly a zero net out for, for your event or for your members and customers. So nice, nice to know that. Um, so Ian, what's next with Stracaline? What's, what are you guys hoping to uh, accomplish in the near future? Our whole goal with our partnership, especially with the Colorado section, and we've got over 20 session partners now, is to transition our business model into what I described of more of that B2B where we're incorporating that PGA professional. And it's something that's super important to me. Uh, We've had some people reference the fact that, oh, you're selling information about the course without including the course. And and that's exactly what we want to get away from. So in in our perfect world, every green grass facility in the nation, and this is obviously unrealistic, but every green grass facility in the nation has our books and inventory. And everyone has to go to that course to buy that book and we won't sell them online. And the only thing that we would ever ask is, when do you update your golf course? Please let us know and we'll send you fresh books, right? Because incorporating the PGA professional is, and hopefully, and depending upon where you're at in the nation, it's not always like this. Hopefully that PGA professional will then be able to share in the revenue generated from these sales. And that's hopefully my end goal with all this is to support and, and provide our PGA members different avenues for revenue. And that's where that affiliate program works really well for teaching professionals or maybe someone who's just at a driving range who doesn't have the opportunity to sell books themselves. Um, The more revenue streams you can have in this business, the better off you'll be. And as a PGA member, supporting that is really, really important. I love that. From a fellow PGA member, I think keeping members at the heart of, of your business and at the heart of communicating with the customer, I think is a really, really great way to go. So that's definitely our goal at the section is serve the member and grow the game, right? That's right. Ian, thank you so much for being part of our Elevation podcast. And uh, thanks for taking the time. Absolutely. Thank you, Scott, for lending your hand and supporting our product. And then also Holly for setting stuff up. It's been fun. And hopefully I will get out to Colorado one more time to see you guys this year before it gets too cold. If you'd like to learn more about Stracaline, please reach out to our guest, Ian Crick, director of golf at ian at straca.com.